All right, we have Kara returns, and she knows it's dedication time. Kara, what would you like to dedicate this episode to? Hi, I would like to dedicate this episode to my mom, my number one fan and supporter. And you just were with her a couple hours I, ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably why I thought I was just with her a little bit ago. Yeah, that's so. wonderful. Yeah, I like it. Let's do it. Cool. Let's dedicate Thanks, to mom. your mom. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of the St. Paul Filmcast with your host, Nick Palatichuk. Each episode, Nick interviews filmmakers and other artists from the Twin Cities area. I'm Carly Palillo, and thanks for listening, and thanks for finding us. Please give us a review, and feel free to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And now, lights, camera, action. I'm ready. Let's do this. All right. I'm back with Kara. Kara, she was one of my first guests on the show. It's nice to have come back. It's so nice to be back. Thanks for having me. Well, yes, I think it's a lot has happened the last five years. So I think it's a good <laughs> idea to get caught up. Yeah. Um, you have some brand new stuff that you want to talk about also. Yes. So just give it a little life of what you've been up to for my listeners. And um, if you have a website, give it a shout out and all that yeah. stuff, how they can find you. Yeah, great. Uh, well, thanks so much for having me again. Yeah. So nice to be back five years later. Right. Uh, wow. What has happened everything um, COVID. <laughs> COVID. Oh, we'll get there we'll yeah. get there uh let's see well in 2018 that's when i was here last right i was auditioning for and trying to get into drama schools in london grad schools and i didn't get in to anywhere could you remote audition for uh them? nope <laughs> i had to go to london so i flew okay. to london in 2018 for the very first time like my first solo international trip um Thanks to my tax return, I was able to buy the ticket and have a little extra. And yeah, had an amazing time exploring London. I'd always wanted to go there and was also auditioning for school. So I tried. I said, hey, I'm auditioning from America. Can I do a first round? Which it has changed now. You know, of course. Now it's now changed. It's changed. <laughs> but back pre-COVID, um, BC, before COVID, uh, no, they wanted you to come and audition in person. And I was in this really exciting point where I had finished college and I was thinking well I'm either gonna get into grad school and drama school yeah dream life in London I've wanted to do that since I was a kid or I'm gonna progress in my career here this nonprofit that I was working for and uh, <laughs> neither of those things happened uh, so that was rough like 2018 2019 was pretty rough like mentally emotionally because you know I had these two big things I thought potentially were going to happen and neither of them did and as we were just talking about you know I was always the good student in school I always got good grades I always accomplished what I wanted to accomplish so it was this massive whoa big Big, ego blow big ego blow yeah um but you back here and you're still working Uh, what I know you do photography Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So kind of during that time I was trying to figure out, all right, what do I want to do? Right. You know, because it was, do I want to keep doing acting and filmmaking? I love it, but it's also really draining, (laughs) you know, financially. Oh, yeah. Mentally as well. It's from my perspective, I've start developing two movies and just because of budget or technicalities to just don't get off the ground yeah yeah yeah, that's that happens all the time and yeah so that was a really good point for me to kind of to really rethink my life (laughs) it's like okay what do I want to do because I really last we talked I was really in it um, doing 15 and daily mantra and things were going really well and I was uh, I was totally riding this career high 
of I made this film and it's getting into festivals and it's winning awards. I'm unstoppable. And then it all came crashing down. Uh, but so yeah, so those 2018, 2019 was pretty rough. But then in 2019, I was thinking, OK, do yeah. do I want to be a filmmaker? Do I want to be an actor? There's so many films out there. There's too much. Why? Why should I make more? You know, because I think streaming was becoming more and more of a thing. And I was thinking, oh, there's too much out there. Why should I be making it's films? It's very saturated, right? It's very saturated. Yeah. And uh, so I really thought about it for a long time. And I was thinking, well, maybe I should just do photography more. Because I was doing that here and there still and really enjoyed it. Uh, but then what I always came back to was if I don't do filmmaking, if I don't do acting, I will never be 100% happy. I'll be happy enough. I'll be good enough in my life, but I'll never feel fully satisfied. So that's kind of, I always kept coming back to that. I was like, oh, God dang it. Like I have to do, <laughs> I'm yeah. stuck in this career because I love it and that's what makes me truly happy. So I. Uh, well, for creative people, you I think eventually there's some time in life you have to take inventory. Yeah, oh yeah. Are yeah, you yeah. willing to suffer for it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the whole movie of the Fablemans, Steven Spielberg's autobiography, was are you willing to suffer for it? Because yeah. it's not going to be gravy the entire time. No, and yeah. I think that's so true. And I, that's really what I've been coming to terms with now and realizing and turning 30 last year was also a moment of, okay, I'm in this. This career is a marathon. Uh, it's not a sprint if I want it to be last long-lasting and I want to make work right. that means something to me and means something to other people. I really need to do this more sustainably and uh, kind of slow down a bit as well, I think, and just really think about what it is that I'm making and what I'm doing. So, yeah, yeah, inventory is probably aligned priorities, right? Yeah. You want to be an actress, really go, yeah. if you want to do directing, yeah, what do you want to yeah. do? What's the yeah. hierarchy? Yeah, and just, and, and trying to kind of keep in focus of what it is, of why I'm doing it. You know, why am I a filmmaker? Why am I an actress? Why do I put myself through this torture? Because, you know, I at the time, too, I was in a relationship and I was thinking, well, I could just I could just be comfortable and safe and I could be a photographer and just kind of stay here. And like I said, kind of live this happy enough life. Right. But there was always that little that little scratch <laughs> in yes. my head that was like, you know, that's not enough. It's never going to be enough. So. Here I am, <laughs> uh, and I decided to apply for grad school again, and went through the whole process again, and uh, this was in 2019, Okay. and because I kind of told myself, I said, well, if I don't do this, kind of like last we talked, I mentioned living in LA, and I'm so glad yeah. I did that, because then I realized, oh, I don't want to live in LA, but if I wouldn't have done that, I always would have wondered, what if? So yeah, for, I've, been, I've been there twice. Yeah. I think you need to do like a pilgrimage especially if you're a filmmaker <laughs> you do you need to go and experience it and for some right. people they go and they stay and they love it but for me i went there i loved aspects of it but the industry part of it i realized no this is not not for me yeah under, yeah because you understand even if you are a crew person mm -hmm. you're almost and you're not really sought after you're kind of treated like cattle oh yeah yeah and quick little side note shout out to everyone who's doing strikes right now and um, partaking in that, appreciate you and your efforts. We absolutely uh, do. Yes. yes. And uh, so this was kind of the same thing with London was that I kept telling myself, if I don't try again, I'm always going to wonder what if. So I'm just yeah. 
fudge it. <laughs> I'm going to try again. I'm going to put myself out there. And I actually had this really nice moment where I was, so I had, I had actually got a, I was able to do a video submissions this time around, which was nice. And I got a call back, a recall from Drama Center London. Nice. So it was great. I was like, okay, I got through the first round. They want me to come back. Yeah. And so I went again and I went and had my recall and I had so much fun. Like that's what they always say in your auditions. You should have fun. Mm -hmm. You're not trying to get a job. You're trying to show them what you can do, as Brian Cranston has said, which is great advice. Just show them what you can do. Have fun. Uh, and I had so much fun. And from there, I had to blast it to another audition. And I was sitting on the steps of this other drama school. And I had this really peaceful moment of just, hey, you know what? It was very zen. It just was whatever happens, happens. I have a great life back in the Midwest. I can do photography. I'll make my films. It'll be great. If I get into drama school here in London, how exciting. Like that's right. going to totally exactly. change my life. And I went into that audition at that school and I thought, I don't even really want to go here because I really liked Drama Center London. I felt at home there. And so it was really great. It was a, it's kind of that cliche when people always say, oh, just let it go. But I did. I just was like, whatever happens, happens. And then sure enough, I uh, went back home the next morning, woke up, checked my phone because a nice six hour time difference. And I had an email from the school saying we would love to offer you. Oh, just saying it now, <laughs> getting goosebumps where they say, oh, we'd love to offer you a position, a spot yeah. at Drama Center London. And I just opened up my email and I was like, oh my God. And hey. it totally changed my life. Now, um, how long did you were there in London? So I'm still there. Um, okay. But I, well, so now we've gotten to the big COVID convo. Uh, so I went there at the end of 2019 to London. Okay. And my mom came with me, my number one supporter and fan. And oh, she left me there in London. <laughs> and I started school and was living the London life, the city life, had so much fun. Um, and then it was one blow after the next. Uh, so, you know, COVID was already happening, but it wasn't, hadn't quite reached us yet okay. in the news. You know, there's kind of these whispers of this flu going around. So that was the whispers in January. And I got really sick in January 2020, which now looking back and talking to great nurses here and everywhere saying, yeah, you probably had COVID, um, but we didn't know it at the time. So that happened. I got really sick. I missed, you know, a week of school and everyone got sick, but we all know how that went. Uh, and then in February of 2020, we were told that our school was closing down. Okay. Drama centers closing down. That's kind of a whole other conversation of logistics and things. But so that was blow, like You're right. the first. You guys thing. were in. Well, not you guys. You guys in Britain mm -hmm. were impacted in February. Were probably in the United States. That came in March. Yeah. So it came to us first. So well, well, actually, to clarify, we found out our school's closing because of like the school closing, not because of COVID. Oh. Yeah, so the school, yeah. the wow. school, yeah, okay. yeah. So the school itself was closing. Uh, and that's kind of a whole other conversation. I don't know if we have time for, but that was a big blow where we just were thinking, oh my God, what's gonna happen? We've just started, we're barely a month in the program. You know, and, and I, people are panicking, like it's so hard to get into these schools. Thousands and thousands of people audition. And there's a waiting list. If you say no or you decide you don't want to go in, there's someone that will happily take your spot. So how to reckon with that. And then COVID was coming more into 
the conversations and people were getting worried about traveling. And then it was we went on spring holiday and then it was, oh, we're going to extend spring holiday. Okay, we're going to extend it another week. And then I remember thinking, oh, you know what? I think I'll just wait it out, as many people thought. Uh, and then things changed really quick, quickly around St. Patrick's Day. Right, and, that March uh, of 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember I had gone to do a food shop or something like that, and I was walking back to my flat, and I remember seeing people in a pub on St. Patrick's Day and thinking, should should they be doing that? You know, as we started to kind of to think like that a bit yep. more. And then, yeah, within a few hours, things happened really quickly. I was planning on staying, and then my mom said, I think you should come back to the States, and I was hearing about classmates. You know, they were going back to their countries in Europe and going back home. Um, like people going back to Ireland and people going back to Australia and Austria. And I was thinking, Oh God, I, maybe I should go too. So I bought a ticket that night and then left the next morning and just packed up my apartment and left. And that was in March, 2020. And yeah, stayed home for a year. And then our program was suspended and started again, virtually partially January, 2021. So we had a couple classes virtually, and then went back in March 2021 and we were back in person in April and just finished last summer. Graduated. Last summer, okay. Yeah. So it's a very long explanation, but it was it's been it's been a process. Since we last talked, so much has changed. Right. So much has happened. Right. Five years, a lot has happened, especially when you throw COVID in there. So what was the name of the, the, the school? Uh, so Drama Center London. Okay. Uh, and it had been around uh, since mm, I don't want to get the date wrong, but it's been around since the early '60s, and has alums uh, like Colin Firth, and um, I'm going to forget people's names, but well, uh, this Tom Hardy. Okay. Well, there you go. All right. <laughs> um, and I'm forgetting her name, but the the oh gosh, what is her name? Helen McCrory, R.I.P. Oh. Helen, the lovely Helen McCrory. Right. Yes. Uh, so of some really great alums from that school and. It has a long history, and um, unfortunately, you know, running a conservator uh, is very expensive, and you know, it just ran right. into ran into a lot of difficulties. Um, but I'm thankful we were the last ones. We were the last Class. MA screen acting cohort to come from Drama Center London, which is really cool. Uh, really honored to be able to say that. So when did you get, I mean, because last time I contacted you, you said you were still there in London. Yeah, so I still live there. I'm just back visiting for some summer holiday fun. Uh, So yeah, I still live there. So now I've been there since March 2021. uh, But my visa does expire in April 2024. And I'm trying to get another one, but it's a very difficult process. So we will see Right, as you already explained, (laughs) the process. Right. Yeah, it's um, because specifically I want basically uh, like a freelancer visa. And it can last, you can kind of choose how many years you want, but the max is five years. And then if you live there for five years, you get indefinite leave to remain. So then I won't have to deal. Basically, it's kind of like unofficial, official British citizenship. So I wouldn't have to apply for any more visas. Right. If you stay there for five years. For five years, yeah. But of course, the process, the qualifications are... Uh, tricky and specific uh so i'm working on it i'm trying really hard to make it happen but it's uh part of it depends on film festival recognition and awards in specific film festivals not just any film festival 
So they make it difficult, which I understand why, um, but also don't understand why. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. I'm trying to. You can fight for adding festivals to their list. They have okay. this, they have this list of you know notable industry awards, and they have a list of festivals that they've deemed worthy. And I am fighting to add some more because it's quite. I would say it's quite inclusive, um, or excuse me, in exclusive. Okay. Very. You know. Of course, they have the big names on there like TIFF, Con, uh, things like that, and they try and bring in some smaller festivals. But I just. I think they're missing out on so many amazing right, festivals just, that. The big ones. Okay, maybe it's not Academy Award qualifying, but it's a festival that's been going on for ten years and is a great asset to the local community and you know so i'm trying to fight to have some more festivals on that list film festival especially not only making your short film but it also is a skill to find out what film festival fits for you and i did yeah. like my movie i knew it would not translate very well maybe locally mm-hmm. because it's so northern Hmm. That if I submit it to other places like uh, California or Las Vegas and stuff like that, and it got well received, it got okay. And I just understand that it was kind of if you go outside your comfort, like I live in Minnesota, therefore I should submit to all Minnesota film festivals. Yeah. But I, I figured that it would translate better if I went to other places. Yeah, yeah, because you never know. It, oh, gosh, the film festival game. Right. We it's love diff- it and hate it, right? <laughs> right. And then there's some on there in the portal that, you know, are you are you legit? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, we just started and then you want to support them. But then, oh, you've been running for one year or this is your first yeah. year or. Yeah, it's tricky. And it's uh, I've actually been. So, yeah. And I think like if you if you have a horror movie and you think a horror movie, well, submit it to strictly horror film festivals, mm-hmm. get those accolades. But try other avenues too. Yeah. Maybe exclusive. Yeah. Um, I think what really works for short films, comedy. There's just not enough comedic short films. Mm-hmm. That I'm sure if you were able to hit that note of a very funny film that everybody likes, mm-hmm. it could be really successful. Because it's not. not yeah. I don't. I go to film festivals all the time, and it's hard to see a comedy. They're hardly ever there. Well, and in a comedy that I feel that not not cheap comedy. You know, a comedy that's actual has some depth to it if that makes sense right you know yeah, yeah it's which, hard to do that in like five minutes yeah <laughs> yeah very much so it's yeah and then that's what i find um i don't i guess kind of struggling with one of my more recent films is that uh the bedroom it's called and it definitely has comedic moments in it but it's definitely it's a big change from 15 which is funny i was <laughs> listening to our episode the right. first episode we did together and I was talking about how, oh, every time I write, I kind of go that comedic route, which is true. I feel like every time I write da- dialogue, it always ends up getting funny, even if it's a serious conversation. And I think I said when you interviewed me, I think I said something. Oh, I kind of I want to try and do something different from that. We'll see how my work changes. Anyway. <laughs> I, <laughs> I laugh at that now because my last two pieces, they're pretty dark. I, for some reason, I'm trying to fight it, but I always start with two characters. They'll never end up being the main part of the main plot. All my stories do that, mm-hmm. that I start with two characters. Oh, yeah. And, but they're, it's almost like, you know, Hamlet starts with the, the two Gatesmen talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they have nothing to do with the movie other than yeah. seeing the ghost of Hamlet's dad. Yeah. <laughs> but that kind of, I'm like, all right, I'm going to start with these two guys. And I, they're going to be in the main point. And, Darn it, they aren't. And then, yeah. And I don't know. 
I don't want to break my nature. Maybe I should challenge myself. It's hard. One of those questions when you write that you, yeah. you want to stick with what your formula, you have a certain formula or you want to work with a style or something like that. There's mm -hmm. all these questions that I think writers have to probably ha take inventory, answer yourselves what you want yeah. to do. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then just, I think it's helpful to find your formula and what works for you, but then also be really flexible and open to, Ooh, this project is actually coming a different way and I'm going to do it this way or, yeah. you know, whatever I like for me, it's always what I have found happens. It's, uh, like one scene or an image recently it's been images. Like I have this visual that I either see in real life, usually in real life. And I think, Ooh, that I want to make something around that it's so beautiful and like that being a photographer and seeing for me light like light has such a big impact on my life if you love camera you're gonna have to love light <laughs> yeah I gotta love light which I do uh yeah so for me it's been uh it's been images which I think before when we talked it was more scenes which I think maybe is a bit of both combining images and scenes together but right yeah now it's been images <laughs> you're still writing though right Still writing, yeah. I haven't written as much dialogue as narration as I have in the past. Right now, it's been just a big like, exposition dump. <laughs> yeah, just a big, <laughs> just like Harry Potter movies, just a big exposition just dump. A big it's <laughs> basically just you know a scene description for three pages, <laughs> yeah. and that's my film. Uh, What's well, yeah. kind of you know dialogue is hard, mm. but and anybody says it's easy, they're not, because it's you want to sound like the character, right? You yeah. want to talk about a story, but you don't want to spend all the time doing exposition all the time. Yeah, and it's it's and you notice it so much when you watch a film and you think, oh, that word, like that sentence was unnecessary, or oh, yeah. that seemed really out of character for that person, or you know, you really notice it when the when the writing. Well, like is not right for Tarantino, for Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, an overture. He uses dialogue as kind of an over instead of music, mm. which he loves. He uses dialogue as kind of an overture to start your movie, mm -hmm. and it seems pointless. But you understand characters, and yeah. he keeps the camera busy. Mm -hmm. Or you know, even in the Pulp Fiction, the two the couple sitting at the cafe talking. Maybe we should rob this place. <laughs> yeah, and that what's that's when he starts his don't understand. It's going to be dialogue heavy. Where you where you input right? Mm -hmm. and it's hard. It's hard to do. Especially if you do a sci-fi, because you're gonna have to do a massive exposition of world explaining. Ooh, yeah, that's tricky. I read, I read a lot of fantasy, and it's tricky to find that balance of you're introducing a whole new world of characters and magic and places, and it's hard to find. And same thing for writing films. It's hard to find that fine line. And I think, like, I feel like a lot of times that's why I kind of set sci-fi and fantasy. It's really hard for them to be successful and really catch the attention of audiences because it can be too much right away and it can be too cheesy and you know it's hard to find that line of exposition and just you know introducing people into this new world yeah. um but not being over the top about it but you also have a lot of information to give out to people we just uh, both of us just seen barbie yes now it's barbie. interesting because that is is that like a fantasy it can be kind of a fantasy mm -hmm. but also yeah. we're getting a lot of films about creators <laughs> You know, a creator's bane, right? Mm. A creator crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then your work of art is speaking back to you. Yeah, yeah. What? Gosh. What so it's hard to that? right, <laughs> and that's that's. It felt like not a lot of exposition until the very end. Mm, yeah. 
but you had to to explain what's going on mm-hmm. this, this slipstream of realities and yeah movies and yeah dreamscapes and everything yeah definitely so i don't know would you put that in fantasy i don't no i don't think i would i think but well i think greta was trying to like try to catalog try to put yeah. my movie in a catalog right yeah yeah gosh i don't yeah because it yeah. doesn't seem right to categorize it as fantasy but what exactly. is barbie land complete right. complete you know yeah. but that's kind of like oh yeah i got uh, yeah part of it's fantasy well that's the whole i think she, <laughs> that's the whole not. reason is to leave it up for interpretation mm-hmm. the video star i think we totally would put it in the fantasy section mm-hmm. yeah not in the toy section not in the yeah i mean yeah. it's a gut heart wrencher at the end i remember i had a big <laughs> not fight in with, the toy section. i had a, a customer fight with me why are you putting fargo in the comedy section i go it's comedy yeah no it's a it's a drama no it's not it's yeah. hilarious i mean like someone gets chopped up in the end but it is yeah. comedy yeah i know it's tricky it's like i find that is a bit off topic but i find that with music these days because there's so much blending of genres that i'll play a song and I'll ask people, like, oh, what genre of music do you think this is? Um, <laughs> right. You know, Alt- they name three or five. So maybe that's, you know, that's hard with films now as well. Hybrid and combining. Yeah. Because even I've had that with films. I even had that with 15 where when you submitted it, I said, okay. And I would think, oh, comedy. And I think, well, I mean, drama. Like, well, and then sometimes they'd have, um, they, well, then there'd be, you know, family option and things like that. And I sometimes would really struggle. And I, I think I usually ended up going the comedy route. Because comedy doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't have any seriousness to it. You right. Know? But I would say, like, overall, I guess it's comedy. But then you don't want to belittle what you're trying to say. You know, yeah, it's tricky. I'd always, tricky. especially if you're blending genres like sci-fi mm-hmm. and horror, like Alien. Well, what's yeah. core of it? Yeah. Horror. Yeah. And then second point is sci-fi. Mm-hmm. You really want to concentrate on the horror, make it that your middle, and then the second point. Yeah, yeah. Be the sci-fi. Like Ghostbusters. It's going to be funny. Then we'll freak you out when there's the right time to freak you out. But yeah. throughout the whole thing, it's going to be yeah. funny. So I, I'm, I'm glad, to, you know, I'm glad to, that you're still working with comedy. It's a hard thing to do. It's, yeah. Because not to mention, you know, is that, because you're writing it and like, I, I don't know, is that is that funny to other yeah, people? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, so right now, actually, speaking of writing, I'm couple of my classmates from school, from fellow alums, were working on a uh, theater piece, but it'll be a bunch of short plays. And I'm actually going to do a comedic piece, but dealing with very, I always feel like serious isn't the right word, but uh, dealing with every, very solemn. every day, <laughs> solemn, very uh, <laughs> issues, I guess, yeah. that, that uh, very actresses, yeah, yeah, that actresses like myself in my, in my age range are dealing with, basically going to be writing about being a 30-year-old woman in the acting world and the, the, the lack of creativity <laughs> in role descriptions. Um, so that's going to be a comedy right. piece. As well, but again, dealing with same thing with fifteen is that it was a comedy piece, but it's dealing with a very a very heavy topic of young girls and women in general being slut shamed for wanting to have sex, you know. But oh, it was a yeah. very but it was it's a very funny the, piece <laughs> in the eighties movies, right? Yeah, if a girl, the final girl, had to like not interest in sex at all, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, not at all. <laughs> right. God forbid. Uh, right. Yeah, you know. But that so dealing with that pretty heavy topic and that film not being accepted into some festivals because 
the the theme was considered controversial so but very funny it's a very funny film i think i still laugh at it <laughs> when i watch it randomly before i get into break uh yeah. i just want to give my favorite thing of a male writer and her, his character in the story is a female was that queen's gambit oh my gosh remember queen's gambit I love queen's gambit um when she has her meltdown and she's drinking, smoking in her bra. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and me and my wife and I turned her and go, that's a male writer. Mm. A woman would not do that. And I know that. If a woman's having a male, she'd be in her pajamas, sucking down ice cream, watching Days of Her Lives. Yeah. That's, that... a, that's a girl having a good time in her bra, <laughs> smoking and drinking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Who, yeah, that for me, that means good time. Mental yeah. breakdown is, you know, I, yeah, pajamas, comfy clothes. Yeah, maybe, your beanie babies you know, and your maybe <laughs> having some whiskey, but I'm not in my bra like walking around my apartment. Oh no, whoa, it's me! Yeah, right, having a mental breakdown and that I'm was hot. my major flaw. And, my, and, you go, and my wife goes, "You're right." Yeah, yeah. I would totally yeah. be in my soft pajamas and just watch Hallmark. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, before I go, I would just give a shout out. If you want to be a writer, my thing is my f- really challenge is I think you read other people's scripts too, and mm. I read a bunch. Um, really work on not being safe. Mm-hmm. I read too many scripts that people wanted the characters be safe. They won't offend yeah. people or challenge. And I'm seeing being a bigot, unless your character, for some reason, needs to be a bigot in your movie to be a vessel. Yeah. But challenge yourself to, like, ah, I really like this character. Well, make something that character does that you hate and mm-hmm. discuss. Yeah. Um, Stephen King is wonderful at it. I like this character. I'm going to find out something that I hate about him. Well, and that because it, it makes them nobody's perfect, and we all have yeah. parts of ourselves that we hate. And so, if you're making a character that there's oh, there's nothing wrong with them, like right. mm, there's gonna be. I something. think my the be, the best one in the last couple of years is Promising Young Woman. Oh. I love that script mm-hmm. because the entire time you you want her, and I think even the person who wrote it, please stop and just get on with your life. Yeah, she's not gonna do it. But it's you. Yeah, I remember watching that and and kind of feeling that where. I was thinking, oh, yes, you go. Like, you do this. But then but then at the end, too, and, like, no spoilers, but then you kind of think, oh, she's her, – her life now she's is wrecking dedicated. Her own – yeah. yeah, now she's wrecking her own life because of something that – And you don't want to, like – And it's – It's a noble cause. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But it's just turning her inside mm-hmm. out. Yeah, it's, you know, kind of that – how – that question, you know, of how uh, – how far how far do you want to take revenge right <laughs> and yeah. vengeance you know but yeah perfect example of a character where she's definitely not perfect um but and you're rooting for her and then you're oh gosh okay maybe oh yeah and you go back and forth and and i think yeah, yeah not not being not being afraid to really just just make things uncomfortable that's right you know as a writer you have to make things yeah. in your story uncomfortable yeah i've had for that. yourself yeah, I've had that in my films where uh, a couple of moments where people have been like, ooh, are you sure you want that in there? Like that, that's, you know, they were like in 15, they're what the first time, their first, their first time, first time. Um, it's a very long, awkward scene. And I had someone reading that and saying, oh, I feel like this scene, it was a guy. And he was saying, oh, I feel like this scene is too long. Oh, oh, you do the bit, you do my, <laughs> oh, that's the curse word on my, on my yeah. set. Anybody says that scene is too long. <laughs> and he said, like, yeah, I think, he said, I think it's too long. It's too uncomfortable. And I, <laughs> and I just looked at him and I said, yeah, that's the whole point. For you, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's uh, um, with the bedroom as well. It deals, it's, it gets very uh, intimate and very personal and it's very raw. But I was like, I have, cause you, ha- you have to do it if you, 
if you really want to say what you're trying to say and i say well this the film won't be what it needs to be if i don't get uncomfortable and i go and do that and it's kind of going into another topic but i was able to do that because i had people on set that i really trusted with the vision and being a crew members in general i was just doing it right now because i'm writing out my sci-fi for my comic book and it's a character i really liked and i i got up and i i liked the character i liked his name and i go i'm gonna have to wreck you dude <laughs> you are yeah. just i if i you're like almost i'm put you on a pedestal you're just mm-hmm. too pristine you have to be something that i have to have the disdain for it mm-hmm. and i think you're too charismatic and you have to just tear that down yeah yeah and that you know maybe that's it is if that's they're too perfect yeah. so then that that's their weakness then and then you can break them down right that perfect yeah all right we're going to take a little break and we have more with Kara. hey welcome to the last comic shop podcast a comic book podcast that actually talks about comics yep each week we open the shop up and read and discuss a comic sometimes we pair that up with comic book movies or tv shows or not lots of times it's just comic books and sound effects oh yes definitely lots of sound effects so tune in on all the major podcasting platforms to the Last Comic Shop Podcast, or check out our library of evergreen shows at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. Welcome back, and now more with the show. Right, we're back with Cara. All right, so with scripts and writing, yes. I think I asked you before, but it's always my favorite question, outlines. Outlines, yes, you did ask me this before. I love it, it's my favorite question. <laughs> and I said, no, I do not. <laughs> and I still say that. <laughs> but do, do you kind of do it mentally, or do you just... Uh, yeah, I think I just I think I just do it mentally. I, like we were saying before, when I, especially with these last two films that I've done, The Bedroom and Warm Orange, Cold Blue, it was an image um, that I saw. Well, you know what? Actually, I take that back. Because you, bed- you wrote both of them. Right? I wrote both of them. Yeah. So The Bedroom, I, t- I take that back. The Bedroom was more so, I knew I wanted to film something at this place, uh, my grandparents' farm. Oh, so the place started it. So the place started it, uh, which I did, like, briefly mentioned last, we talked five years ago, uh, which... Funnily enough, that's when I had... Wow, it's all coming together now, but that's when I had uh, this visual of this place um, for... Well, I'm getting all my thoughts jumbled down, but five years ago is I had an image for warm orange, cold blue. Okay. But but five years ago, I also was starting the, the ideas for this film, The Bedroom, that didn't have the title then, that I wanted to film at my grandparents' farm. I hope that all makes sense. That got a bit Those jumbled there, but... So that, the bedroom was more so a place. I knew I wanted to film something at this farm because it means so much to me. And uh, conversations started around it in 2018. But I didn't actually start filming something there or had a solid idea until, funnily enough, 2020. Um, But I spent 10 days of my quarantine there alone (laughs) uh, at the farm. Totally isolated. Like well, my, good. you had to set up your shots and everything. You know, it was a great, it was a great, you know how, you know, artists go on, you know, creative 
escapes and things like that. I right. did, just not really willingly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was in a artist, uh, you know, artist escape. Just, I didn't sign up for this, uh, but it ended up being a really great moment because I was by myself yeah. for 10 days, middle of the woods. Uh, my cell phone didn't work because my U.S. Now that, okay, now you get you into know, a horror more. There was, oh, it was, to, there was no Wi-Fi. <laughs> there, my cell phone didn't work because my, like my, I don't even remember what happened, but my U.S. SIM card wasn't really working and I think my phone was kind of broken. So I've I couldn't really text seen this scary people. movie before. Yeah, oh right. yeah. I was like, is this where it ends? <laughs> is this where I get murdered? Um, <laughs> And there, there was no cable, God forbid, and uh, the phone didn't do long distance, so I could only call basically nine one one or my cousins, which thankfully they did live a couple miles up the road. Okay. Um, but yeah, I was very isolated, so I was kind of forced to write and be creative. And I took a lot of photographs. I played a lot of cards by myself. And later that year, I just I, I went through a lot in that 10 day period because it was being forced from London back to America, which I was not planning on doing. And then there was a worldwide pandemic and, uh, well, it's not, um, not really nice, but it, it's kind of important. It's nice. Well, it's not really nice cause we're in a <laughs> pandemic. A lot of people died, but an opportunity to where you can just shut off the world. And you, you know? It. Yeah. It feels really weird. Beneficial it's, for you. Yeah. It's, I, I hate to, talk about it's it's a tricky time because i come from a place of privilege where my parents were still working and i could stay at my parents house and we could still buy food you know we could still uh drive around and go to parks and like so i had compared to lots of other people a very cozy comfortable covid which feels i mean i don't want to say that because it was very hard in other ways but you know it, it was this strange time where I was able to slow down and just really think about things, maybe too much. Um, but from that came a really beautiful film uh, that I'm really proud of. It was really personal and um, in the bed, in the bedroom. The, the bedroom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that Ben and Key shot, which we met up and it's funny how things all come together. Cause I met up with him. Ben and Key. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to Ben. You're yeah. amazing. Uh, he shot that uh, entirely with natural light. So it just was him, myself, and then Tiffany Libo, who did the sound. Uh, so just the three of us in November 2020, COVID time, uh, doing this film. And it was amazing because Ben and I, we had met back in 2018 when I had mentioned it on this podcast, this idea that I had to do something at the farm. Um, but I didn't, I it just ran out of time because I was going to London and the idea didn't feel quite right. And then it was so funny because I think I reached back out to Ben in 2020 and I said, hey, you remember that idea I had <laughs> about filming something at the farm? And I said, I think I've got the story. And he said, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he said, I've kept that. He has a folder of projects that are either on like hold or standby or I don't remember exactly. Ben, you can correct me later. But he said, he's like, I've had that project in this folder since then because he's like, I liked it so much and I knew something would come of it and he said i'm on board <laughs> let's do it <laughs> uh so it kind of became a film I, I hate to call it a covid film because a lot of people i know got really sick and tired of covid films because we all just want to forget that time uh, so it's not necessarily a film about covid and lockdown but it is about a woman she goes through grief alone <laughs> in the woods uh and there's certainly some very funny moments 
uh, but very tough moments as well. And yeah, I just was, I'm really thankful that I had two people there that I could really trust with the, with the project. Cause there, it was you, can very get, you can get a movie done with three people, with three people, just the three of us, you know, I yeah. could have, <laughs> you can make music with three people. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. So I think that's just, I, that's something I really love about, I <laughs> really love about filmmakers that I've met and been thankful enough to meet in my life. And we just, you just meet people who just love storytelling and they get so excited about it. And you were just telling me on the break, all these projects you have. And I just love the creative energy that artists in general have. And with these people, it's like, hey, I have this crazy idea to film this short film out on this farm that's about an hour and a half away from the cities. I swear you won't get murdered. <laughs> um, but they just were so on board and they just come with such enthusiasm. And it means so much to me because here I am pouring my heart and soul out. <laughs> this film on a film with other that's like yeah with two other people i'm like hey this is really personal and really intimate you want (laughs) to you want to work on this with me i'm like yeah uh so i'm just really thankful for that and it was really great i forgot the initial question you asked (laughs) i really want to we talked about in the in the the bedroom but the bedroom yeah it's interesting because only three people where can people find it if they want to see it well, so yeah, kind of. Unless going, you have to bank, going, it's hard to see if it's you're circling around film festivals. Yeah, so going back to struggling with film festivals, I've kind of struggled with this film because it, it is. Uh, I'm like, how do I describe this? There's a moment that's quite long, that's very intimate, and I think it's uncomfortable for people to watch. And I think film festivals struggle with that as well. Right. Um, you, I, I don't want to say it's like rated R, but. You can probably get You're what in I'm that trying range, to say. Right. I'm You're in that. that. I'm kind of tiptoeing around, but it's something yep. that it's. I had to talking about being uncomfortable. I had to do it because I was like, I need to show this emotion of grief and how it's so complicated and one day you feel great and you're laughing and joking and then a minute later you're sobbing your eyes out and that's the complexity of it. Um, yeah, so it's kind of struggled with film festivals. It's gotten a lot of rejections, but I will say recently, I say that, and on the other side of the coin, it was recently accepted as a semi-finalist at the Flickr's Rhode Island International Film Festival. So it, it's not in the film festival as an official selection, but basically for the next year, I think it's just the next year, I'm not sure if it'll go longer than that, they will consider it for other productions that they do. Okay. Uh, which is really exciting, and this past spring, at the Diversity in Con Short Film and Web Series Festival. So not not the pinnacle of con, but there's a sub-festival that's really cool that's trying to hold con uh, accountable for its lack of diversity um, in the films and directors and basically, you know, the people behind the scenes and things like that. It, it again, it, it wasn't accepted into the actual festival, but it was still considered for awards. And it was nominated for Best Cinematography. Shout Wonderful. out to Ben. Which well, we just shot. Yeah. It was well, of course, all yeah. of course. Um, that I get so many compliments, you know, on the cinematography, and they say, "Wow, the light is so great." And I say, "Well, that's Ben, and that's natural light. That's it." Um, so yeah, nominated for best cinematography, and I got a nomination nod for best actor, uh, and then it won best original song that my friend Joe Goldie did. He lives in London, and he's a gosh he does everything but he's an actor and musician and composer as well so his song won um best original song wonderful so yeah so it's definitely it's been i just did a post about it on instagram and saying how this film has definitely been a fighter because you know and i know you understand as a creative i 
poured my heart and soul and blood, sweat and tears into this film because I needed to express what happened. And then just crickets with the yeah. festivals. And I was oh, thinking, many, oh. many years of comic cons and mm-hmm. nobody comes to your table. Yeah. And I know, you know, I know. I know that the laurels at the end of the day don't matter, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't feel good, you know, to get the laurels mm-hmm. and have other people kind of give you the stamp of approval. Uh, so I've called it a fighter because it's these little, these little nods are trickling in. Oh, I've, uh, <laughs> I've seen, I've been to, I mean, I'm 46. I've been to many film festivals for the last 20 years. I've seen where the profession it's absolutely top notch and it's done. Okay. Where I've seen kids who are amateurs just struggling to do, been phenomenal mm-hmm. and i think it's you have to have the right content timing is a big thing i you know i yeah i think it was too soon after covid because i think that's that yeah. was the worry that i had i was thinking oh people are gonna it's gonna relate too much to covid um but you know that's say la vie but you got, so you gotta get it out right? i had yeah i had to do it i was like i need to make this film otherwise i'm gonna go crazy I know. Uh, <laughs> it was stupid of me to have my first comic book be 300 page graphic novel I just, <laughs> but you had to do it I, I, but I, it wasn't it was gonna stay in my brain if i didn't get it done yeah <laughs> yeah you know that's like again going back to when we were talking how i like i kind of journal but not really so much anymore and filmmaking that's how i express myself and i was like i need to make this film because i need to myself kind of process all this grief and everything that happened um, and so I was like, you know what? If it doesn't get in festivals, it doesn't matter at the end of the day because I made something that I'm really proud of and is so different from 15. Um, really changed my style and everything like that. And it is, it's coming to the end of the festival run because it's getting quote unquote too old now. Right. Um, but it was completed in at the end of 2021. So waiting to hear back from a few other festivals, but it's kind of on the the downhill and then and then i um like with 15 i'll put it on vimeo and with 15 i did a little like rental charge because kind of a longer film i'm not sure if i'll do that with the bedroom because it's not as long but we'll see i definitely want other people to is see it is it your like your so like a standard like 10 minute short film it's 13 minutes and 52 seconds okay right <laughs> so it's a little over but yeah yeah it goes by pretty quickly um so yeah i did that one and then well i would ask you what do you think you'd be for you to make in the bedroom, mm-hmm. to have a small crew, do you think we're able to project what you needed to on film rather than have a big production? Yeah. You think it you was know, a little bit better to have a little more intimate setting for that? You Nobody can see me, but I'm nodding my head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, 100%. Uh, with, like, with 15, I needed to have a big crew because there were so many moving parts and so many different locations, and I needed the help and needed needed all that to tell the story with the bedroom because it was so intimate you know i kind of think i think i would have kept it a small crew even if covid wasn't a concern yeah because it was just so intimate and so quiet and such a meaningful piece to me that if i would have had you know five other people on set it wouldn't it wouldn't have worked because they're like there's a really you know there's a really intimate scene and it was kind of like all right Ben, press record and then go over there. <laughs> and <laughs> Tiffany just gonna like <laughs> put her boom as far as she can, and then everybody leave. <laughs> uh, and it would, yeah, it just it definitely uh, it had to be just an intimate crew. And I'm so glad I'm yeah. That just was a really magical time. I think we filmed over three days, three days, and the three of us at this cabin <laughs> in the middle of the woods, and it was really it was really nice. Well, yeah, because uh, what I mean. 
Hitchcock did it with Psycho with the Bare Bones crew mm-hmm. that did television so they could do it fast. You know, yeah. Kubrick did it with uh, Cockroach Orange, which is a Bare Bones cheap crew. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, helps unless you want to do a big budget kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. But when you, when you have only a crew of 15, it's kind of fun because you kind of know everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, yeah, it all just depends because, yeah, like with, with it, 15, it was nice. It was like a working summer camp and had cinematographer and sound and makeup and first ad and a couple of pas and it was great like we yeah. needed to have that many people as well because we were dealing with a lot of location changes and lighting and we needed to have that many people but the, with the bedroom it just would have gotten i don't know i think it would have just would have been too crowded right right and then the other one yeah yeah so the other one i did warm orange cold blue i love the title how did you come up with the title i love (laughs) i love talking about this because it's such a funny all right good it's okay (laughs) this is me getting totally you know filmmaker creative nerdy because i just love little serendipitous maybe that's the word but so five years ago everything i guess was five years ago (laughs) five um but yeah so again it was an image i woke up from a nap uh i think it was like late november early december And again, with the light, I uh, was living in South Minneapolis at the time, and I had this yellowish orange scarf over my lamp, my nightstand nightstand lamp that I turned on and fallen asleep later in the afternoon and woke up, and it was that beautiful, cool blue color of the snow. And it's like like this very specific color tone of blue of dusk in the wintertime. it's just like a, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but a cool. You get there. I, I like blue, it. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah, yeah, it's like you you know when you've seen snow, you get it. Um, but it was the contrast of that, and then my room was just this nice, like cozy yellow, orange, warm color. And I I see I woke up from this nap, and I just went, oh, I need to do something. This is gonna be something. And I, you know, I reached over and I, I don't know if I had my journal or something, scrap of paper. Yeah. And I seriously, I just wrote down warm orange, cold blue. I, I love think, it. I think, right. I, wrote, I, love, I think I wrote like interior, you know, warm orange, cold blue. And I've been writing those four words on scraps of paper <laughs> for the past five years and put it notes in my computer and notes in my phone because I just knew I was like, I can't forget that visual. It was so nice. This is, fun. this is funny because I have a relate. It's not a title, but it's just, yeah, can, I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, you, no, but I can okay. relate to this because yeah. I have, in high school, I drew this character in high school. I mm. had to be like a junior. I'm 46 now. That character <laughs> stayed with me, and I haven't figured out what to put him in. But he has that 90s haircut where it's like yeah. wiper blades and down. You know, it. It, yeah. <laughs> That's how old it yeah. is. And I'm yeah. kind of like, I want to put him in something. What is mm-hmm. this? And now I'm writing this sci fi movie, that, this sci fi script. And then it dawned on me. Oh my god, that 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 character I drew with that name, I can put him in this one. So Yeah. I think it's, 30 years. <laughs> they, hey, you know, and I think there's um a little bit of a tangent, but um Elizabeth Gilbert, she wrote Big Magic, and she talks about ideas being tangible things. And when you have an idea, basically it's like that idea chose you. And you need to do something with it. My mom kind of has a similar saying where if you speak an idea out into the universe, you have to do it otherwise Right. Someone else is going to take it from you. I give away million dollar ideas. All the time. <laughs> yeah, see, right. So with this title, with this title, I knew I had, but I just, I didn't have the story around it yet. And 
it, it doesn't seem threatening though no you know it's funny you say that because it wasn't it wasn't threatening at all but then last fall uh it was really exciting i got into a play in london and with a friend of mine and we had a break we had a double show day so matinee and evening performance and so we had a nice break in between and we went to we'd usually go to a coffee shop or do something and do some work answer emails what have you and i just i have this thing where i just was doing the word vomit where i just was doing like i love that phrase word i love it i use it a lot because i was i just sat down there and just started typing and kind of doing it was you know kind of a combination of essays slash poems and i typed out this little piece and i showed it to my friend i said that i really like this and i then that translated to wait a minute i think i can relate this to this image and so the film originally was going to be like a voiceover of this poem that i wrote okay and have the images of this i do like this i like the yeah yeah it's almost like this title makes you have to go this route yeah 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 and um yeah so it was a poem that i wrote and then i showed it to another friend um Michelle, she's an animator here in Minneapolis, and I told her this idea. She's a filmmaker as well, and I said, "Hey, I have this idea. I've had this visual for five, five years. I've had this visual for five years, and I wrote this poem. And I think this is what I think this is the idea I have. I'm going to do this voiceover. What do you think?" And she said, "You know what? It's so powerful. I think the voiceover kind of belittles it a little bit and kind of takes the value out of it." I said, "Okay, I'll try that." And so again, I kind of just did the, you know, the typing out of exposition and scene description. And I realized, oh, this is it. It doesn't need the voiceover. So now I have this film, which it's, I'm actually meeting um, (laughs) Jenna Lee Park, woo, sound on Monday, because she did the sound mixing. And I'm going to hopefully have it done by the end of the month. Um, But it's about three minutes long. And I brought, I filmed it here in Minnesota and actually at uh, Ben's apartment <laughs> where he was living at the time. Because again, I said, hey, Ben, I have this idea. It takes, pay, pl- takes place in another bedroom. <laughs> I, was like, I swear, that's not my, I'm not trying to like just do films in a bedroom. And he said, hey, whatever you want to do. <laughs> um, so yeah, I brought Ben back on board and Tiffany back on board again. And uh, I had, yeah, it was great. I had a small crew. But three minutes, that's kind of, that's, yeah. It's, yeah, I think it's about three minutes and five seconds long. Um, and it was so funny, too, because when I was imagining this film, the so the scene is, uh, I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but it's uh, a woman and a man taking a nap. <laughs> I guess that's all I'll say. And I was kind of envisioning the guy, and I actually thought, I was like, oh, he kind of, I was like, who does he look like? And then I realized, oh, he kind of looks like Justin Jones. <laughs> And so him and I met briefly on a set uh, in 2017, I think it was. Okay. And we met really briefly and really got on right away. I was like, oh, man, this guy seems really cool. He's wearing lots of rings, which I appreciate. I wear lots of rings. So he's wearing (laughs) flannel. He's definitely, he's, he should be okay. <laughs> I think he's a good guy. And, you met Justin, yes. Yeah. And he was preparing food as well. So I was like, oh, this is great. I know. I was on, a, I was on Anthony Cousins' set, his movie, and Justin was doing the food. Yeah. 
Yep. I was like, oh, this guy seems cool. Yeah. But we were both, you know, I was doing behind the scenes photography and he was doing the food. So we didn't really get to talk because we were working. And then, That's yeah. the lowest point. You meet all these people that you know and then you're on a movie set. But then it's like, yeah, we're working. You and can't then, just chill out. And- yeah. And then I don't think, because then it was a year later, I went to London, you know, so we just never saw each other again. But I was like, oh, he kind of looks like Justin Jones. And I think I... I was trying to get a hold of him because it was all happening quite quickly. It was past the holidays last year and it was in January, but I was going back to London. So I was like, I had this very small window to be able to film this. And I think I like messaged him on Instagram and I emailed him. And then I was like, I need to get a hold of this guy because I need to film this, you know, like next week. And uh, he came on board and it just like. Right. He does what he always does. He. Oh, my God, Justin. I mean, you know how I feel about you and your performance. It just was amazing. But cause he, you know, he does like the talk, the talk show hosting things and comedy and. Oh, he's more than just a triple thread. He's like, Oh yeah. Five or six thread. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's, you know, cause if for you need me, serious, if you need comedy, if you need. Well, cause yeah. I didn't, I didn't really know him very well. And so kind of wh- how I knew him was this presenter, you know, kind of comedic role, but I was like, you know, I know he can do it. I know he can do it. So I told him about this idea and I said, it's going to get kind of dark, but I think you can do it. And he said, yeah. And we talked on the phone for like an hour talking about the story and then just talking about life and each other. And we really clicked. And that's what I just love about the creative process. You know, you meet a yeah. fellow actor, a fellow creative, and you immediately click. And yeah, we filmed it in a day. And uh, it just, it it was so much fun and it Wonderful. went really well. And yeah, so that I'm hoping to have done by the end of August. And that again, because I'm dealing with my, the whole visa thing, <laughs> um, that's going to be submitted to very specific festivals that are on their list of approved festivals. So that again, will kind of be hidden from people for a while as it does its festival thing, but yeah. I'll definitely send it out to the people who worked on it, which are all amazing. And you, those, even who I didn't name, you all know you did such an amazing job. And yeah, that again, it's very, uh, not really funny moments in that one. <laughs> uh, it's about three minutes long. Yeah, but after we no, talked, uh, you're, you're right comedy, and then we're, and then our la- yeah. That right. <laughs> yeah. So now I think you know I did a I did a long comedy film, and now I've done two kind of darker ones, and now I think I'm gonna go back, <laughs> maybe go back and do some comedy. But yeah, this one, warm yeah. orange, cold blue. I'm yeah, I'm really excited about it, and that's, I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't want to no. give too much away. But yeah. I like it. I just you sold me already on the title. Yeah. yeah, cool. It's a, yeah. I say like a woman. What did I have my tag? I have my tagline as um. Oh, I can't. Memories haunt and calm a woman while taking an afternoon nap. There you go. And that's all I'll say. I love it. <laughs> well, Cara, well, thanks for coming again. This thanks is wonderful. I hope I inspired you to do more creative stuff. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm gonna go back. I haven't written dialogue <laughs> in a really long time because <laughs> my films have been really quiet i like messaging jenna lee about the sound mix and he said yeah sorry <laughs> just silence right well there's a lot of that in david lynch movies even though there's a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. he likes his quiet too yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well cara thanks again for coming um the website we'll put down the link down, oh, uh, yeah. down below we'll put the link down below so people can check out the website also yeah um and then how else can people find you yeah uh, well thanks so much again for oh, having no me so fun to come ah, back yeah. yeah uh yeah so the website is my name uh carahawkinson.com uh, and to find me, I'm actually not on that many socials. Uh, just the website, and then I'm on Instagram, but my profile is private. But 
<laughs> if yeah. I know you, I might accept you. I, you know, socials. I just kind of got weird having a public profile, and then you got weird people. I know, especially you if you're in your early I, I, 30s. Yeah, I would say like, yeah, especially is, as a woman being on social media, you just get some zone. weird. Yeah, yeah. So I've made it yeah. private for now, yeah. but you can see a lot on my website. All right, and you know it's not over till the guests say it's over. <gasps> it's a wrap. It's over. There we go. <laughs>